Hi guys, welcome back to the Shores of Grace podcast. For our third episode, we will be finishing up our series, Shores 101. We frequently get questions about the future of Shores, so in this episode, Nick and Rachel will share about the plans, hopes, and dreams we have for it, including some of the practical next steps we are taking to get there. We hope this episode makes you as excited for the future as we are. Welcome back. Welcome back. Podcast people. So in this uh, series of Shores 101, I think we're calling it. I think so. Um, this episode, we're going to talk a bit about where we're going. Mm-hmm. So we've talked about our beginnings and the calling and how Shores began and where we're at currently. And so the question that we get asked a lot is, you know, well, what, how do you see the future of Shores? And for those of you that have listened to the first two episodes, you'll know that if you had asked us 10 years ago, what we saw in the future, it's way different than what <laughs> yes, we had expected. Um, so I think God gives you a vision, and that vision is kind of this macro guiding light, right? But then the, the specific things along the way kind of get defined as you go. Right. At least that's been our experience. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the questions we get asked a lot is, you know, how many shores bases do you guys want to have? Mm-hmm. How, do, how do you answer that question, Rachel? Yeah. It, it was never our intention to have multiple bases. Um, we, you know, we're, we're more, we're really excited and always love to be equipping others in churches to be doing things, but, yeah. but it's not, we're not trying to expand bases. Right. We're trying to equip people that can go out and do it in their city and make a difference in their city. Yeah. I think that's, you know, the biggest thing. John Piper has the famous, you know, statement that, Missions only exist where worship is in lack. Mm. And so our goal is not so much just to like expand a shores empire and just plant bases all over the place, but really equip the church in in all of those places, Mm -hmm. just as we do here in Hasifi. You know, we have here, you know, a mission staff of probably 50 people. Um, But our goal here is not to have a base with like 200 different people, but it's really to equip and expand Um, what the church and uh, support what the churches are doing here. And even as a missions base, I, I love, I I mean, we, we have so many cycles of people that come through and I really, really love when people come and, and God raises them up in the training and just living regular life, working with the poor, working with the broken here. And then God sends them out as missionaries from here. Yeah. And I just think that's so amazing. I mean, we, we love when people come to visit. We love when people come to serve. Uh, but it is even better when people come to serve, get... Um, get training in a certain area, God sets their heart on fire and then sends them into another nation or sends them into another area or takes everything that they've learned back to the, to the marketplace, yeah. back to their jobs. Yeah, we love that. And, you know, the bases that we have today, we have a base in Philadelphia, it's mm-hmm. our, our home city, and a base in Fortaleza, which is kind of a local church slash missions base. Right. And the base in Rio. And now the very beginning stages of, planting a base in Colombia, you know, which is the very, very beginning stages. But, mm-hmm. but if I look at all of those, all of those were very organic yes. people that have been with us, you know, Philadelphia, it's my brother and my sister-in-law mm-hmm. that planted that, that ministry. Um, so none of it was really us like, let's plant five more bases by the year 2020. No, it came, it came from heart connections with right. people that really carried, um, 
the the DNA yeah. of of what heaven was doing and really wanted to connect with shores and connect with, with you and I personally. And so it wasn't anything that we fabricated. It wasn't anything that we planned out to do. It just kind of happened that way. Yeah. And you know, our mentality as leaders of the ministry, we're not world conquerors. You know, we, we want to be, um, to use Heidi's term, laid down lovers yes. and be servants of all. Mm-hmm. So in fact, we, we end up holding back on many growth opportunities more mm-hmm. than we do just going for it right. because we, we feel it's so important to remain simple. You know, mm-hmm. the word God gave us for last year and, and this year is simplify and expand. Right. And we understood that to mean that as we grow, things are going to grow and they are growing a lot, mm-hmm. but always as you grow wider, go deeper in simplifying in yes. terms of staying true to who you are, staying true to your essence. So in our case, that's always worship, the presence of God, just abiding on his lap. Mm-hmm. And even if we grow to have you know more bases and projects as we have been growing, that we don't lose who we are in that process, that our staff doesn't lose who they are in that process, right. that we, as we expand, we go deeper so that the bigger the tree, the deeper the roots, right? Because mm-hmm. if the roots are not deep enough, it won't sustain all of the fruit and the branches of the tree. So I think that's a big part for us. And when people ask that question, we don't have a plan. We really don't have some kind of strategy of how many bases we want to plant. Um, I think you and I would be just fine with just staying here the rest <laughs> of our lives and and doing nothing yeah. else yeah. But, but what we do right now. We are very simple people. Yeah. And very content just with what God's doing. Yes. You know, um, so yeah, so that's really where we're at. And a, a big part of thing for us that I like to share about is just we really see the importance of, of developing a solid missionary care program. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, we're starting a partnership with a ministry called Safe Place to help provide some, some external missionary care. Mm-hmm. But we're also this year doing a lot here within our, our staff in Hasifi of how do we internally care for the missionaries that we have. Mm-hmm. And I think it's interesting because some people listening, you know, are probably a lot of them are from local churches and some maybe even pastors. Um, I think it's something the church really needs to mature in, mm-hmm. in caring for missionaries. Yeah. Because we know from experience, and we've probably had over 200 missionaries serve with us now. Right. Um, just here in Hasifi. And I'm telling you guys, brothers and sisters in the local churches that are listening, we need to do a better job at caring for missionaries. Yes. Because so often we send them to the mission field and maybe we even send them that check monthly. Mm-hmm. But but there's but not having a having that heart connection yeah. with them and praying them through traumatic things that they're seeing on the mission field. Yeah. I mean, really I, you know, I've heard it said that the church is is like a hospital for sick people and the mission field is like a, pla- an, a place for the army, yeah. for soldiers that come in and soldiers get wounded on the mission field. Yep. Uh, you know, we missionaries see a lot of really terrible things. They hear a lot of terrible stories. They walk through emotionally day after day, emotionally draining situations. Trauma. Trauma. And so that's one of the one of the reasons why we we so are moving in this direction with our missionaries uh, is is because we don't want to see them burn out. We don't we don't want a, another tired, sad missionary coming through. I mean, we want to see people that are really, really sold out on fire for Jesus in in the mission field. Yeah, you know, I remember talking to a friend of mine um, in missions last year. In fact, and 
and he was telling me about his his local church that was uh, cobrando. What did you say? Um, like demanding. Yes. You know the, their monthly newsletter, mm-hmm. and he had missed a month, and it's like you know, get us a newsletter, and uh, we need to know because we're giving you this money. Right. And I, I get it. That's important. You know, we do newsletters, and we get it. But um, I asked him, how often has your church called or emailed you to ask how they can be praying for you? Oh. And he said, I can't think of a time they have. Oh so in other words, it's like, you know, kind of demanding, give us updates because we're giving you money. But man, it should be the opposite, actually, where the church should be supporting the missionary. Right. So yeah, of course, we should send updates, and, and that's important. But man, local churches, just encouraging you. No judgment, just to want to encourage you. Mm-hmm. Support missionaries, not just sending your check, but ask them, how can we be praying for you? Yes. Really intercede for them. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of a little commercial within the <laughs> podcast, but we are trying right. to work on how we better care for our people yes. and how we can work with outside ministries to provide care for our people. And that's important, I think, as we grow, because the big thing that we always think when we talk about where are we going is we need to grow healthy so that it's sustainable. Mm-hmm. We're not interested in just growing big uh, or just having numbers or bases or you know even numbers of children rescued or women rescued, but we want to grow healthy and have our roots grow deeper so that it's sustainable, right. not just in our generation, but for next generations. Because right. we understand that a lot of the dreams that we have, for example, seeing the end of prostitution in Brazil, mm-hmm. maybe we won't see that in our lifetime, mm-hmm. but the next generation will. So that's then right. we need to develop a ministry that's healthy and sustainable mm-hmm. so that for generations it can be you know, um, passed on and, and developed in the right. generations. So, so those are just some things that we see when we look to the future. And Looking at what we're doing right now and, and where we're going, we have really big and exciting news in that we just recently bought a house for Villa Betania, our girls' yes. home. And we're hoping any day now, right? You guys all know that are listening in the world of pandemic. <laughs> yes. There's a whole lot of hurry up and stop type things. You all can join us in prayer for this. Yep. We're waiting for the approvals to be cleared so we can begin the... Um, the renovations on the house, but that's a big thing because it's the first property that we're owning here in Brazil. Our roots are going deeper. Our roots are going deeper, right? So there's a legacy in that because no longer are we renting homes for Bethany, but now we own a home, putting mm-hmm. our, our flag, flag in, in the, the ground, yeah. you know, staking a claim. Mm-hmm. And with that, we're expanding to two homes. So talk a little bit about the second home. Okay. So our, our second home we're really excited about is going to be, we're going to be able to um, separate. Now we, we have like our, our babies and our adolescents, our teenagers all together in the same home. And we've had some trouble with that, just obvious reasons of different age groups and different things that the girls are going through. Um, but recently in over over this whole pandemic and everything, we were asked to take take on some special needs babies and special needs children. But even though we weren't ready for um, for receiving children, like didn't have the equipment, we didn't have the, the staff. Equipment. Yeah, you know, uh, we said yes, and we put our foot in the Jordan. Stepped in the we Jordan. Stepped in the Jordan, um, and and received them. And since then, I think that our our dreaming for what we want this second house to be was totally formed even out of this pandemic time that we received these children in our home. So the second home that we're going to be opening will be just for babies up until what age, honey? 10, depending on the 
the needs. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that'll be like from infants all the way up until 10. And we'll be able to give a lot more um, careful attention, not only for that age group, but also for uh, children with special needs. And pregnant moms. And pregnant, pregnant moms. Teens. Yeah. Yeah. So one of, one of the dreams is to be able to have like rooms that are uh, especially assigned just for children that are hearing impaired or children that might be on the spectrum and really being able to make structure the house so that the therapists can come directly to the house and meet with the children there uh, so that we don't have to risk taking them out into the city, risk taking them out into the hospitals. But many of the, the equipment that they would need on a daily basis would already be there in the home. So this is, this is something yeah, we've been dreaming yeah. about for a long time. And, yeah, and it's happening. Yeah. And... Uh, yeah, and it's going to change a lot of what we do because it means hiring a whole new team and it means training a whole new team. Yep. Um, but we're really, really excited about it and, mm-hmm. and very expectant of what God will do through having the two homes and, and kind of separating those two profiles of children that we work with. Um, the other thing is through Sea Coffee, our defense center that we talked about last episode, um, right now we're just kind of working in defense of children and families who have gone through abuse. But we just hired a new attorney that is a family attorney that specializes in adoption law. Yes. And the goal with that is to really develop a full adoption center through the defense center. Come so um, we would be able to support families that are adopting. Adoption agencies work differently here in Brazil, right, than, than they do in America. We don't have adoption agencies mm-hmm. in Brazil like we do in America um, but we have kind of adoption support agencies. Right. And so our attorneys and our team will be able to support and help those families that are wanting to adopt. Mm-hmm. But also, and I think this is just as exciting, is we're developing a course that will be both online and a support group course here for families that want to adopt to really educate families on how adoption works. And this is for Brazilians, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of people ask, you know, international people ask often, can we adopt children? Right. It doesn't work that way. No. Um, It doesn't work that way here in in Brazil. Mm -hmm. Um, International adoptions really only, it only gets to that point when they've exhausted all possibilities within Brazil domestically. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. um, so we're talking about how do we train and, and educate and prepare Brazilian families for adoption? And that will be a big part of the adoption agency um, here in the Defense Center. So we're super excited about that because, again, you're looking at the kind of the two things we always want to focus on, family restoration and family generation. Right. So if we're, we're seeing families restored, and when that's not possible, we want to see families generated and created. Mm-hmm. So through the Defense Center, we're seeing kind of both of those things happen. And I, I feel, I, I've been telling our staff this a lot, but I feel like that's kind of one of the futures of Shores, if I could put it that way. Yes. Because it's something that really can be replicated anywhere. Any, any place that wants to do, especially here in Brazil, kind of a pro bono law firm with a technical team can do what we're doing in our defense center. Right. And everything that we're doing here we're you know, just beginning the process of writing manuals of different aspects of the ministry so that it can be replicated. Right. I think that goes back to a lot to what Rachel said in the beginning. We don't think so much of like, what can we do? But it's more, what can we, right. what can we invest like in it's, people? It's awesome when God uses you to change the life 
of, of another person, change the life of another family. But it's even more awesome when God uses other people that come alongside and in a sense you can multiply yourself and being able to see even more lives restored. I think that's what we're, we're really seeing, but something that's done really well on a, on a smaller, um, um, what's the word I'm trying to find on a smaller scale should be something that can be multiplied and, and can be replicated in, in other nations and, and, um, yeah, in donations. Yeah. yeah, and we, you know, this will be like a nerd reference for some of you, but <laughs> missions should be like gremlins, right? Oh. It should be like okay. it's it's awesome. This little thing. I, f- I feel like I'm really going out on a limb on You're this. You're really doing it, but I'm doing it. Okay. But then you put water on that, and it expands, and it grows, and it multiplies. <laughs> okay. Without the pandemonium, now I now I see okay. how the reference goes off a bit, right. because then they're destroying a town. <laughs> okay. You know, okay, I yeah, get we, that part. We don't but, want the destruction of towns. But, but to spiritualize it, okay. pour the water on us, Holy Spirit, that we may multiply, okay? <laughs> yes. I want I want to make sure that our producers don't take that reference out, because oh, I no. feel like that was a word for somebody that needed a gremlins. <laughs> Reference. Okay. So you're going to make their day. We'll leave that in there. But yeah, so I think that when we, when we talk about our expansion, I think the big thing for us, we don't, we're not the kind of people that so much think of like bigger and better. We always think about how do we go deeper and then replicate what we're doing and multiply what we're doing. So Mm -hmm. we've been in a big state of that. We're working on a manual for Bethany and how you could do um, rescue homes just like Bethany. Mm -hmm. And it's, Everything, right? Not just the spiritual side, but the practical side. Right. All those things that we wish somebody had told us at the beginning. Yeah. We're going to put in a manual so that you can know about it. We just finished the manual for our our ministry, Father's Love Ministry to Women Who Are in Prostitution. Right. Um, You know, so really working on on how do we pass this on to people? Mm. And that to me is just so important. Yes. That when people come and visit, for example, they can leave here with even materials saying like, I can take this and do it in my city. Right. And so that's the way that we see the future through those lenses. That's not to say that we don't have other projects that we dream for and things that we, that we will do, because we, we do. But it's always thinking of like, is what we're doing possible to be rep- replicated in other places? Right. And maybe it'll be adapted and maybe it'll be customized, but it needs to be replicable. Um, I think just the last thing I want to say that to me is so important is, you know, in the last few years, a lot of the new projects we're doing at Shores, like Sikafi, the, the defense center, like our work at Bethany, it's really technical work. Yes. And what I mean by technical is, you know, we, we have teams of psychologists and social workers, and we work with directly with the law mm-hmm. and the children's court, and we work with the public defenders, and right. we work with the police stations. And it's, it's not um, what traditional ministry would look like. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like social work. It really is social work. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, we still do street church, for example, where we go on Thursdays mm-hmm. and just find a park where there are children and families that live on the streets and go there with the, the one objective of God, pour out your Holy Spirit. We need right. to encounter you in this place. Right. We still go on Friday nights to the red light district mm-hmm. with the one goal of Jesus move through our hearts so that we can encounter, that these women can encounter you through our lives. Right. You know, we still go to the communities having nothing to offer except Jesus, having nothing to offer except what the Holy Spirit will pour out through us. I think that's the key looking to the future of Shores. Yeah. We'll never just become 
social work. No. We'll always be missionaries. Right. We'll never just become um, sheltering institution, you know, legal law firm. Like those are aspects of mm-hmm. our mission. Right. And we'll never lose our, our mission's identity and who we are as missionaries. And in everything that we do today, everything we do moving forward, it would be impossible without the Holy Spirit. Oh, yeah. And that's where I want to be. That's true. Always in a place of without you, we can do nothing. Without you, we have no fruit. You know, only Mm -hmm. the only fruitfulness we have comes from our intimacy with you. Come on. So whether it's some real technical work and whether we're meeting with judges or politicians or working with the local police department or whatever it is, or we're just going on the streets and sitting with, with street kids on our laps, the prayer is the same, right? right? Holy Spirit, we're nothing without you. Come right. and move among us. Come and move through us. And I think as we talk in future episodes about our core values, that will come out more. Yes. And sharing more about who really we are, what we believe, mm-hmm. what we live and practice every single day. Right. And when we look to our future, the future will always be built upon those core values. Right. I think uh, just some closing points here. Uh, one of the the things that we ask the Lord all the time is if we're on the street, we ask the Lord, what does it look like when heaven invades yeah. these streets? And then you go to the supermarket and you're in the supermarket. What does it look like when I'm in the supermarket and heaven crashes in? What does it look like at the bank when that happens? What does it look like at my school? What does it look like when I'm on the bus, when heaven invades? What does my marriage look like when, when heaven invades? Yeah. What does, what, how, how does my relationship with my children look when heaven invades? And I think that's a question, you know, when we're thinking about where we're going, it's probably the same question all of you are asking is yeah. that we, we're all asking the Lord, what does my life look like when heaven really invades? And I would encourage all of you to, to ask the same question. What does, what does your life look like in five years from now when heaven has invaded, how differently things will look for you and how much fruit we'll see God doing in all of our lives too. So the future is full of heaven. Yeah. That's good enough for me. That's good. So let's go for it. Let's do it. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the first three episodes of our podcast. Next up, we'll have a series where we share all about our ministry's five core values. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode.